Welcome to the audio podcast of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage, the show where you can talk face-to-face with your favorite MLB players and personalities. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another round of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage. I'm JB, as you know, setting up the machine, and this time it's Ron Darling, World Series champion, incredible voice in baseball, joining us from City Field. Ron, how are you doing? I'm doing great, JB. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's always a pleasure. We have an outstanding show lined up, and I know it's outstanding because fans are outstanding. That's how it works. And you know that you are the fuel that makes the show go, fans. So get your webcam fired up. Get FaceTime with Ron Darling of those world champion Mets and now at the broadcast booth, one of the great voices in baseball. Meanwhile, I will read Twitter questions, and those the way I can find those is hashtag them, please. And the hashtag is hashtag chatting cage. Pretty simple. Type that out. I'll read it. Just about like this. Let's start uh, with a big controversial question. Gary500 underscore Hartsdale wants okay. to know, your thoughts on bat flips, Ron, yay or nay? Uh, I'm a yay on that. Um, you know, I'm not like a lot of the folks I played baseball with at 55 years old. I'm totally into whatever makes these guys tick. It's their game. Let them run it any way they want to. And if bat flips are part of what makes it tick for them, I think they should do it. Now, if the pitchers are angry at that, there'll be a recourse. And when there's recourse, then they'll decide uh, what to do or what not to do. But I'm, I'm pro bat flip. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Just like that, the hard-hitting questions on the Edward Jones Chatting Cage <laughs> fans. Get your webcam fired up or your mobile device. Get us right here in the cage. Join Ron myself in the show. That's how this show works, and we're happy to have you join us when you can. Just fire the get in line button and then join us like this fan right here. What's your name? Where you're from? What is your question for Ron? My name is Yoni from West Orange, New Jersey. Hey, Ron, how you doing? How do you think the Mets pitching stacks up with the Cubs hitting? Well, that's a great question. You know, if you look at it in a in a kind of uh, a short run, uh, last year in the playoffs, uh, it looked like the pitching was a little better than the Cubs hitting. I don't know if that's going to be the case moving down the road. Remember, Daniel Murphy really made a big difference in that series. He's no longer with the Mets. But I think that's going to be very compelling for all of us fans to watch, is that these power arms against this great young talent of the Cubs, uh, I think it's something we'll be watching for the years to come. Uh, and there you have it, folks, just like that, whether it's via mobile or via your desktop, your laptop. Join us right here. Get your question in for Ron Darling. Get FaceTime right here in the Edward Jones chatting cage. That was from West Orange. Good question there. We go back to Twitter, hashtag chatting cage. This is from Sam underscore blues underscore Inc. 2 Ron, who is the one hitter you just did not like to face? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, well, early in my career or late? Because late it was everybody. But I think uh, <laughs> if went at, at my prime, I think uh, I think Tony Gwynn hit almost 450, maybe even higher off me as possible to get out. But I think the guys that struck fear, not fear is the wrong word, but you knew that they were in the batter's box was Michael Schmidt and Jack Clark. When those two guys came in the box, you knew that uh, it was on. And uh, you better be at the top of your game. Uh, and there you have it, folks. Great. <laughs> Great answers from Ron Darling. Early in the career, Tony <laughs> Gwynn, obviously a tough one. And let me clear, just if you were in the batter's box, you were a problem for Ron. That's, that's how the career played out. <laughs> that's right. uh, we have another fan that joins us here in the chatting cage. What's your name? Where are you from? What's your question for Ron? Hi, I'm Greg from Atlanta. And I, did, I know that Terry Collins has said that uh, Matt Harvey's ace of the rotation. But if it was to get into a one-game playoff, would you guys go with DeGrom or Harvey? Ooh. Um, that's a really, really great question, by the way. Um, you know, this is probably the only team, especially when you're from Atlanta. Uh, Zach Wheeler comes back, an Atlanta native, 
um, after the All-Star break, they will have five of the greatest young arms probably in all of the game. Guys who can throw between 95 and 100 and are fully developed. Um, I guess uh, if Terry Collins thinks that Matt Harvey's the ace, I'm going to go with Terry Collins because he has much more experience than I do. But the great thing about the Mets, and this is an embarrassment of riches, it really doesn't matter. You have three guys right now in Syndergaard, DeGrom, and Harvey who could start any game, and Wheeler and Steven Matz waiting in the wings. So, uh, like I said, embarrassment of riches. It is an embarrassment of riches for those guys towing the rubber there for uh, the Mets in 2016. Exciting time. Great question from Greg D. down there in Atlanta. Just like that, folks, that's how the Edward Jones chatting cage works. Great questions from fans, from Twitter, however you can get involved with the show. Please do so. I go back to Twitter now and uh, j because fans obviously want to rattle your cage a little bit, Ron. This is from Deal underscore M. What was your favorite slash worst <laughs> memory of playing against the Phillies? Oh, geez, I have plenty of them. Uh, the <laughs> Phillies put it to me pretty good in the old vet. But uh, I would say the, the, I don't know, greatest, worst experience I had, and this, this goes back to the, the fans who are so passionate in Philadelphia, that the old vet used to warm up uh, behind the left field wall, and there was a netting above you uh, that was a little protective, but not greatly protective. And depending on how they felt about you as a pitcher, you would get either peanuts, uh, parts of uh, a Philly steak sandwiches, or maybe even a, a little beer mixed in, uh, spilled on you occasionally, to let you know that they were here and they were going to be booing you the whole time. The old vet was uh, an amazing place to play. Uh, the, Phil the Philadelphia Phillies had some amazing players when I played. Juan Samuel was a hitting machine, Mike Schmidt, of course, and others. But uh, the old vet, uh, they let you know that uh, this was a home field advantage. Definitely a home field advantage, and if you looked at it the right way, a little pregame buffet, depending on what your tastes were over the course of that's the day. Right, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> Is the Everett Jones chatting cage? That's Ron Darling, another fan with us. What's your name? Where you're from? What's your question? Hi, Ron. I'm Kyle from Miami, Florida, and I'm wondering which Met, not a pitcher, you think has the biggest upside going into the season. Well, um, I, uh, that's a pretty easy question for me, to tell you the truth, because I think that Michael Conforto, their left fielder, really has a chance to be some kind of hitter. Um, I would say that by the end of the season, he might be their third-place hitter. And that's a lot to say for a kid who's only played at 175 or so at-bats professionally before being, be, being called up last year. So I'm just a big backer of his. I think um, he's got a great upside. And uh, he's the kind of guy, now I, I'm going to say this, and it's going to uh, be embarrassing for him, but I played against Don Mattingly in the minor leagues, and he reminds me of Don Mattingly in the minor leagues. Now, I'm not going to compare him to, to Donnie Baseball when Donnie was going great and the MVP every year, uh, but he has that kind of swing, short, sweet, to the ball, and extremely powerful from the trunk down. They have a great uh, credit for Michael Conforto, who got a little taste last year, and we'll look forward to for the Mets here in 2016. That's Ron Darling talking about offense, which leads us to the EDJ question of the day. Ron, who is the better hitter, you today or Bartolo Colon today? <laughs> oh, I think Bartolo Colon by far. <laughs> I think if I swung the bat, there would be a, a something pulled, something broken, something that needed repair. Uh, Bartolo, the big sexy to me, um, he's he's sneaky athlete. And what I mean by that is that you look at him and he's a big guy. And, you know, in our culture, if you're a big guy, then you don't get all your, your, your street cred. Well, I'm giving it to him. He's a sneaky athlete who, uh, who right now could easily hit circles around me. Uh, an excellent question. And maybe the nickname of the year so far for Bartolo, the big sexy. 
Uh, <laughs> unbelievable. And he is. He's cra- if you watch him warm up, he is crazy limber. That's a great way to describe it. He's uh, sneaky yeah. athletic. We go back now to Twitter. Hashtag Chad and Cage is it. Another good question about pitching for Ron from Geeky Dan W. Given Syndergaard's development of a slider, can you see him competing for the Cy Young this year? Well, Geeky Dan, that's not a geeky question. That's spot on, buddy. Um, I, I haven't seen a guy throw 95-mile-an-hour slider since J.R. Richards, and that was in the um, you know, early 80s with the Houston Astros when he was on top of his game. Now, uh, can he do that all season long? Boy, that'd be a, a amazing. But if he's throwing 99 to 100 with his fastball, 95 or 92 to 95 with his slider, curveball and changeup, what makes it so difficult is that you have to sit on that hard stuff and the fastball and slider look like the same pitch until you have the four, five, six mile an hour reduction and the break. Um, it was unhittable against a team like the Kansas City Royals that don't strike out. So I'm going to say right now, if it continues that way, it'll be unhittable all year. And there you have it, folks. Thoughts from Ron Darling on Thor and his slider as we head into 2016. It's the Edward Jones Chatting Cage. Join us via mobile or laptop like this fan. What's your name, where you're from, and what's your question? Hi, Mr. Darling. I'm Jason Mullick. I'm living in Gaithersburg, Maryland. First of all, as a lifelong Mets fan, uh, I just want to tell you how much I really enjoy listening to you guys when I can watch on MLB.com and when I used to be able to watch you guys uh, in upstate New York on SNY. But I want to ask you, I haven't read your book yet, and I do plan on getting it. How did the experiences that you relate to in your book in Game 7, how did that help you later on in life and as you left the game and now entered into broadcasting? You know, uh, it's a great question. You know, I, I think I find it interesting is that this game of baseball in the major leagues will bring you to your knees over and over again. And, and it's those guys that can kind of get up off the mat uh, that have the longer careers. Um, I played 13 years, uh, 13 very lucky years. And I think in a strange way, and this doesn't even make sense sometimes when it comes out of my mouth, uh, sometimes the failures that you have give you more life lessons on the job I do now as an analyst. Um, I always thought when I was a kid, I could pick up any game, pool, uh, ping pong, tennis, whatever game you wanted me to pick up, I could pick up, no coaching and be good at it. So every time I would triumph, that's just a natural kind of physical, athletic expression. But when you fail, you think about it, you ponder it, you try to come up with some answers. And that's the same thing I try to do as an analyst. Uh, a great question from Jason, the lifelong Mets fan. An excellent answer from Ron. I just want to touch up on that and follow up on it real quick. Game 7, 1986, failure and triumph in the biggest game of my life. So, and listening to your answer there, Ron, just to sort of understand for those of us that know, or those that haven't understood the books coming out, it's actually about the struggle that you had in Game 7 and 86, obviously a legendary season for the Mets, but the summation of it in your book personally is that it really wasn't your best day and what that's led to. Could you sort of elaborate on that for us? Well, I'll tell you, I know it's cathartic because I'm smiling as you're, you're asking me the question <laughs> now. I wouldn't have been able to smile right. uh, 30 years ago. But I, I think that the most important thing is that uh, when teaching, when you're a little kid, you want to pitch game seven or make that putt uh, to win the U.S. Open or the free throw to win the NBA championship. And when you're presented with that, and you don't come through, mm. it really s- sticks in your craw, you know, or it did in mine at least. And um, that's what the book's all about is that these guys who play the game are human, not humanoids. Even when you wish the greatest things to come your way, they don't always happen. And the big reason that I got in the book was occasionally you can have paralysis by analysis. Mm. That's my fault. But the most impre- uh, intriguing 
I think, advice I ever got was my, from my pitching coach, Mel Stottlemyre. When I would have a bad game, I would ask him, hey, what did I do wrong? He said, you didn't do anything wrong. The other team's trying too. And uh, that's the best piece of advice you ever get because sometimes you're giving it all, you're doing everything you can, but they're sometimes better than you that day. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's so well said. Uh, the book is going to be fascinating, I'm sure, because it's such an interesting point of view on a great run in a championship season, but to have that insight will be phenomenal for fans to read. We go back now to another fan who joins us in the cage. What's your name? Where are you from? What is your question for Ron? Hey, Ron, this is Will from Jersey City, and I was just wondering if you had to pick one hitter from today's game that you'd hate to face, who would it be? Boy, that's a great question. There's so many guys out there that, uh, that are so good. I, I guess the guy I would pick, um, because a part of me just loves watching him play, um, I like to, to pick the guys that if I'm in my seat at a game, I don't leave it because I want to watch him swing the bat, and that's Giancarlo Stanton. Um, I used to, my strength was down, and it was across the board from outside to inside, and he's a down hitter. So I would be throwing my strength into his strength. I think my strength would not be as strong as his strength, <laughs> and, um, and I would pay for it. But it would be a great matchup to try to go up against him. Um, but because his strength is down, my strength was down, um, it would be a great mano y mano kind of a, a deal. Uh, that would be an exciting thing to watch. I've got to say, that's, looking at those two strengths going on each other, that would be uh, phenomenal. And I know that players are humans, but Giancarlo Stanton might be part humanoid. I mean, he's a <laughs> monster of a human. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, that's right. Uh, Ron, I know it's a big day out there at City Field. I know fans were fired up. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day and answering questions from the fans. The great fans, thank you, and let's do it again, okay? Uh, absolutely. That's Ron Darling. I'm JB. We'll see you on the next round of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage.